This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, senders. Welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 34 with my special guest, Tony De Silva, aka The Outsider MTB. And I was also lucky enough to be joined by Mark Evanichen, and he is from Scouts Out MTB. Both of those guys were able to join me on this podcast. I had a great time talking to both of them and just asking them the questions to really give that dive into who is the writer behind the bike. But before we get into the episode, I always love to say thank you to all the supporters of the Segment Podcast and Segment YouTube channel. First up is YT Industries. Special thank you for all of your support. I am absolutely loving the Jeff C Core 4. That is such a brilliant bike, and I can really feel a difference when I'm riding that bike. I just got off the Specialized Stump Jumper, which is also a, a great bike, but man, can I tell the difference and just everything about YT is such a great fit for me in the direction that this uh, whole channel is going. So thank you so much to YT Industries for your support and the bike there with the YT Jeff C Core 4. Next up, special thank you to Tasco. Tasco, the awesome shirt company, the awesome glove company, and the awesome short company. As you know, Tasco has some great stuff coming out. They just are releasing their Memorial Day. Um, they're called the Indivisible Gloves, which are an amazing pair of gloves that are patriotic. And also just give a call out to all the first responders, everybody who sacrificed for this country and worked so hard to make America what it is. So special thank you to Tasco for everything that you do for a lot of folks. And I love your equipment. Thank you for the support to the segment channel. Next up is 7 IDP. Man, it definitely is not. If I'm going to crash, it's when. And I actually just crashed the other day at a trail called Slaughterhouse. Thank goodness I was wearing my 7 IDP gear. Uh, I still got dinged up a little bit, but it would have been much worse if I didn't have any gear on. Folks, if you are looking for gear to uh, ride out there while you're out on the trails, take a look at 7protection.com and just consider them as one of the companies you can look at to see if their products will fit you. If you do like anything you like there and you want to purchase it, use promo code SEGMENT and get 15% off your purchase. And 7IDP will cover you from head to toe on protection. And it's made for both the male and female mountain bike athlete. And last but not least, thank you so much to the Bole brands. The Bole brands include Spy, Bole, and Serengeti. Um, covering your eyes for your lifestyle as well as for your as well as your sport wear. If you see me out on the trails, you'll see me wearing the Spy Foundation goggles. And as we move into the summer, I might be shaving those goggles off for some awesome products that are coming out for sport wear. Bole has some great great glasses that you can put for your full face or your half shell. And Spy is going to be releasing something very cool here in the near future. So tune in on June 9th to see what that product is. Without further ado, thank you so much to all the supporters again. 
and hope you guys enjoy the episode with Tony De Silva and Mark Avanichin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. I've got a special guest tonight. You may know him as the Outsider MTB, also known as Tony Da Silva, the one and only Tony, bringing him up right now. Yo! <laughs> What's up, Finn and Tone? Hey, buddy. How are you? Doing good. Sorry for the snafu yesterday on the Wednesday night chats. I, I uh, was able to push it over and get approval for Thursday night this evening. So thank you for being flexible. No worries. It's not like I have a huge calendar this week. I'm just in Santa Cruz riding my bike. So accommodations okay. all plenty. Yeah. Uh, I love I love it. So, man, a lot of people probably already know who Tony De Silva is, the Outsider MTB. And on the podcast, I like to try to dive in a little bit more on who the person behind the bike is, so we get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, if you wouldn't mind, let's go back a little ways and try to find out what was Tony De Silva doing the moment he decided to jump on the mountain bike. Where was that transition? Uh, mine was a slow transition. I was introduced to my first mountain bike a long time ago. Let's just say like 10 years ago. And I was in Connecticut working at an action sports store where they did snowboards, skateboarding. Uh, and they became like a giant headquarters or a giant store. Giant came in and did their thing. Anyway, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it. My buddy, we had a rental fleet. I worked there. He's like, just take out this bike with me and uh, let's just get out there. And, you know, at that time, I just thought mountain biking was just you just go and you pedal around in the woods, you know, and just bike path, you know, probably what a lot of people still think it is. You know, a lot of people that don't know or have any, you know, haven't jumped into culture. You all have your first impressions, but I got out there as in the woods and I was like going down these, you know, fast trails over rock gardens. And there was like jumps in the side and it totally blew my mind. It was just like a very different experience that I thought that I was getting into. Huh. So, um, yeah, I just kind of would go, go in with him every once in a while. I'd, I'd get a rental bike and we'd go out and have fun. And then uh, the bug kind of slowly got planted. Like I was into it for a few months. And then, uh, you know, I was skating a lot back then too. So it was like back and forth. And then uh, long story short, I really, when I really started getting into mountain biking was kind of when I moved back, not moved back. Well, yeah, I moved back into California and uh, rediscovered it. And it was felt like skating in a way, you know, like the adrenaline rush of gone in a downhill and you're penning it and your, your skill progression and all that stuff. It reminded me and felt like skating. And for me, as I got older skating, I was skating less because, you know, as a 40 year old, I'm not going to be jumping down 12 stairs anymore. So uh, mountain biking kind of like filled in that gap that I needed to get away and just feel, I was like, I was doing something active and productive, you know? Yeah, I know you're not a lot of people. They may not know that you were once an action sports star. And uh, for the folks out there who don't know, Tony De Silva, Mr. Tony De Silva was a professional skateboarder and actually toured the nation on on a lot of different skateboard campaigns. Um, what were some of the companies that you skateboarded for? Uh, it was the main ones were that stuck around for a while towards the you know my career was uh, Vans, uh, Foundation Skateboards independent trucks. I rode for a clothing company called Split, um, Spitfire Wheels, and there's probably forgetting a couple, but the main sponsor uh, was uh, Foundation. That's where I would be filming for their video parts. And that's the the tours that I would go on were through Foundation and Zero and um, Toy Machine. Those are the three 
uh, umbrellas brands underneath the big company called Bonetto. Wow, that I still remember those brands: Toy Machine uh, Foundation. I had Foundation Board Toy uh, Toy Machine Board. Uh, yeah, and I remember seeing you on on video uh, back yeah. in the day doing those like giant Ollie Melancholy late shovets, all those things. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was good stuff. And uh, sure, a lot of the guys here on the audience right now uh, will remember those things. We got Vegas Mike on the line. Says, yo, what's up? What's up, Mike? Uh, hey, look at the segments on. No what's way. Up, Vegas Mike? <laughs> Pacific Yeti Joe, is Ye Joe Yates is here. Yeah, Joey. Which is, which is great. We got a couple other folks who haven't chimed in, but they're, they're watching today too. I think we can all relate to that, Tony, that as we had things in the past that we did, so there's something about the mountain bike that kind of fills in the gaps, fills in the stoke, fills in that seekness for adventure yeah. as, as we go along. Do you remember the bikes that you were jumping on when your buddy was like, Hey, grab a bike and let's just, mm -hmm. let's just jump out here. Yeah. We, we had, a, it was a giant store. So the giant rain, I had that, that was like my first kind of bike. It got to the point where I was riding enough where he just let me take it home, which is probably, I got I should probably thank that guy, Rich. He's a good old friend of mine from there who, basically just said like, Hey, just take this thing home. And I'm going to, you know, it wasn't like it was mine, but I'm going to just pretend this isn't part of the rental fleet and you could use it whenever you want. So that enabled me to go and get on an actual ride solo without him. And that's when I kind of started feeling like, that's when I started feeling like uh, mountain biking was bringing me to a place that I didn't expect. Like I'm out there in the middle of a forest sometimes with a beautiful view. And that's, that's what really started instilling the, the bug in me. It was like a combination between going fast and downhills doing drops and all that stuff but then also on a solo ride like just clearing my head and being in the middle of the forest where if you just shut up for a second you hear an owl you hear the birds you hear like all those things that life goes like goes so fast and it was a time for me to like feel like it slowed down and just take a few minutes so i'm really bad at meditation and that that was like the closest i feel like in mountain biking where i got to that point you know where i like slowed my brain out enough to feel like I was in that moment. I bet that was, I bet that was a, a warm welcome because when we talk about, you know, the skateboarding, we talk about going on tours and being a professional like you were, you know, I'm sure you can't just go to a skate park and just skate and, and be left alone. I'm sure people were yeah. coming up to you. And I mean, was that, was that like a weird different thing in culture going from like a crazy busy to that sereneness, those appreciation yeah. stations? Yeah, and it was kind of completely that. Like going to a skate park, you have to not only be ready to skate, but skate in front of people, be social. And, you know, I always kind of struggle with anxiety in my life. So sometimes I just don't want to be around people. No offense to people, I like them, but sometimes I'm just in my own head and I just want to get out and, and do my own thing. And when you go to the skate park, it, you know, love it or hate it, like there's always going to be people there. So sometimes I would go like odd times when there wasn't anybody, but you know, you do. And, and then I, I won't, I'll say this too. There were times that I would go with friends and want to be around people too. You know, like you want to be around your friends cause you bounce off each other and the session progresses when you guys are kind of like pushing each other, but yeah. it just depends on the day. It depends on the mood. So yeah. I, I, and I feel like that now in mountain biking too, there's, you know, a lot of the times I ride solo, but you know, when we're at a sky park or we're riding a, in a group or we're riding together or something like that, there's a different type of day we're having, right? Where it's like, you're hanging out and the, it's, it's like, it's interesting how rides can feel the same rides and the same trails can feel so different from day to day, you know? Oh, yeah. So true. It really depends on who's in the crew and kind of what's on their mind. And 
And sometimes, like you were saying, somebody just, you're in the crew and someone just levels up all of a sudden, it just levels everybody else up. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> sometimes you hear, yeah, you hear that, uh, well, I guess we're not warming up today. <laughs> somebody just decides to send it early. Oh, man. And that usually uh, is me crashing. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to talk about some of those. Uh, we've had some crashes here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we were keeping score, it sounds like San Luis Obispo three and two. uh two san luis obispo two tony, zero this year tony de silva zero for the competition yeah. of 2021 <laughs> but we'll definitely want to get into that so you're you're getting into the bike you're kind of in the twilight part of your skateboard career um you're you're noticing that the the mountain bike can be serene it could be somewhat meditative was it difficult to jump on the mountain bike because you didn't have other people to jam out there with, or was it one of those things that it's like, I really just need to do this for myself? Um, it's tough. Cause I don't think it was like something that I, I consciously thought of. I always liked it. I just didn't take it seriously because um, I think the trails, well, I was just, the trails in Connecticut that I was riding are nowhere near the trails that are available here. So sometimes I wouldn't be able to just get up and go climb and have a fun descent. It was more of a cross country, especially the trails that were there 10 years ago, where you're crawling through some trails and you're pedaling over rocks. And it's more of like a, it's not more of like, it is, it was more of an, a, a cross country vibe and you'd have to find features to send it. But when I got out here, literally is when my brain changed. And I was like, you go up 30 minutes and then you are friggin' flying down this trail as fast as you want to go and it was awesome because as fast as you want to go will change when your skill progression grows right so that trail is going to feel different in six months because you're going to feel different on your bike so the things that you're looking at and the lines you were looking at on that same trail become different it's almost like the trail changes shape as your your progression changes right so that's where i got the bug where i was like oh man these trails that are around me in california are amazing first off and then as i got better they just always felt fun and not repetitive because i could hit them differently yeah but when i got out here is when um i had the bike and i bought a bike i bought a yeti 26er um a while ago and then i got an intense spider and then that's when i got the yt jeffsy after that and started the channel and then was the remedy and now we're on the jeffsy again Nice. Yeah. Well, I would definitely want to get back up to that YT uh, part that you just talked about, but that's a cool progression of bikes. I mean, geez, jumping on the Yeti right off the bat yeah. coming out here. Um, I wanted to talk about, you had mentioned something about uh, visualizing and looking at the trails and how a trail can be completely different six months later. And I, I'm yeah. curious because as a, also a, a, a previous skateboarder, you and I, or as skateboarders and, and probably other sports, but we see landscapes completely different. You oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're walking down the street and you see like a nice set of stairs with the handrail and then maybe the handrail is a little bit lower and, and maybe it's just like at a certain angle mm -hmm. and you see it as something fun and rideable. You see all these different things. Um, on the trail, did, was it natural for you to also spot that when you were getting into mountain biking and just starting to see things or was it completely different? It I'll say this. It's a, first of all, that, that way you just said is how, um, as a skateboarder, we're going to be for the rest of our lives. We're going to be, hopefully if we make it to 80 or 90, looking at, um, ledges and, and plazas and thinking about doing tricks down them. So yeah, when I got onto the trail, uh, 
at first it was just was like, I just need to ride down this thing and can I ride down it? But once I upped a couple levels and I was not only riding down it, but like finding things to play on, that's when the skate brain turned into like the the trail zone where I started to find and look for those little hot spots, you know, those little little upturns on the corners or like a little uh, a G out or something where you can get air off coming out of where before I was just like, let's just ride through this section. Now I was like, how do I get through this section in the most fun way? You know, and that's where it's, it's always fun. You know, that's, and that's where, I don't know, that's where our local trails I think come alive is like, as you start thinking differently about the trail and how you ride your bike or some kind of new thing you've learned, maybe you're faster on corners now, so you could rip through this corner and hit this thing right after it. Like, the trails open up when you your skills open up too. So that's what I love about it as well. Yeah, it's so true. I, it, yeah, it's hard to get bored on any, any trail because it's always changing for you, uh, you know, and accommodating your skill set. And then when you have buddies along and somebody's a little bit like you're either showing them the way or somebody's showing you the way, it's always, it's always fun oh, that yeah. way as well. A um, couple more people in the house. Dakota is on. What's up, Dakota? Hey, Dakota. Hello is a veterinarian. So he's over there checking, making sure Pepper Pip is good. Uh, Trail Dogs is in the house. What's up, Trail Dogs? They say, they say what's happening. Oh, MTV, MTV KO is on the line. She says, hey, Pepper Pip. Oh yeah. And hey, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) MTV Raging. Craig is in the house. What's up, Craig? Thanks for, thanks for being here. Um, and, uh, trail dogs had mentioned love overshooting jumps to the natural transitions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Overshooting jumps though. Uh... <laughs> Depends on how transitionable that is. <laughs> yeah. There's still some transition left there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you write like some of these guys, I know Aaron Bernstein, Isaiah, those guys are, they're, they're pretty good. So yeah. they're, they're eyeing stuff. Um, now, okay. So going from the mountain bike. Uh, how you got into it and talking about the trails and you and I visualizing everything is transitions everywhere. Transitions or ledges everywhere. Um, I know one of the things for me coming from skateboarding to a mountain bike is I'm still trying to get over the rock gardens because I'm still thinking I'm on these little tiny wheels and I'm, I'm trying to like do everything I can to ungulate the bike to get through them. Does that, is that something that happened to you or is that just one lonely skater? Over yeah, no, it's true. I, I think, the rock arms are always fun for me. I actually love them because I love playing chess on the trail. So rock arms become like a chessboard, right? Like, and you've only got a few seconds to figure it out, especially if you're riding blind. So, uh, it, I, I always love it. Keeping I, us in suspense. <laughs> he said, we only have a few, but we lost what the rest of it could be. <laughs> I'm losing <laughs> the first second. I think I missed the, the first part of that. <laughs> No, there is. I was, I was just saying, I was just saying we lost because you said there's only going to be a few and then it paused and I was like, he's keeping us in suspense. I wonder what it is. <laughs> but yeah, Tony, you has to keep uh, the rock. You love rock gardens, um, but there's only a few and then it stopped. Oh, I, I froze. You froze. Oh, okay. Or I, I froze because they're <laughs> they feel like they feel like a chessboard, you know. And uh, I love navigating that, and you only have a few seconds to navigate those, especially if you're riding blind. So I just love the the quick reflexes you have to have on those things. And I, I think that honestly, it's going to sound like I don't want to bring twenty seven versus twenty nine, but uh, I love them on a twenty seven. But now on a twenty nine, I'm definitely more confident, obviously because of the bigger wheel size. But um, I still feel like I'm able to play chess in them. But if I make 
a little bit of a, a wrong move, the consequence isn't as harsh as a, when I was on a smaller wheel. I can kind of get through it and, and, and like catch myself a little bit. But um, rock arms are some of my some of my favorite stuff. Today we were riding a place called Skeggs, and there was these like, rollers that landed into kind of rock garden stuff but you'd have yeah. to it was it wasn't like gnarly but it was like if you went too slow you'd land in the middle so you'd have to kind of float over that it was it was fun though like landing in that and then having to navigate i love it when a trail throws like different things at you all at once you know like you got a roller a jump rock gardens right after that you've got a shoot like that's the stuff that is that is such good stuff that is such good stuff um adam mock adam mock made it to the line he says yo what's up ready to go what's up everyone hey, adam and then uh, getting to the point of the rock gardens here, Tony Trail Dog says they love the sound of the rock gardens. Yeah. Love the sound of the rock gardens. Yeah, it's such a cool sound, especially when I see footage of people on Rocket. It's just that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Forever. <laughs> Rocket is a crazy trail. That's one of those trails. It's hard to see what you're really dealing with unless you ride it. Because when you're watching it on video, it just looks like you're just. But when you get there, you're like, okay, those are things that have holes in them and like. You know, it's a blue trail, but I would say a hard blue. Yeah, it's a bunch of front tire grabbers, is what they yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Darren's on the Darren's on the line right now. He says, "What's up, Master Chief Hello. Darren from the Navy?" Um, so, Tony, your channel is awesome because when we talk about trails, you are the guy, right? You're you're the you're the guide we all go to. We we watch the video. We understand where the entry is, what to look out for, which way to turn. How did you come up with the concept? Um, you hear him? Yeah, he's like, "That's the secret sauce, Mark. You can't, we can't give that away." <laughs> it's just Mark. Uh, the concept happened with that guy right there, Pip. I would go out and uh, just bring a Rilo three hundred and sixty, and I would film myself on the trails a long time ago, and uh, before the, the channel started, and make videos and just talk crap to myself, be silly, bark at <laughs> the dog, and then talk to my wife, Heather, uh, and make her watch them. And at first she was like kind of getting a kick out of it, and then after a couple of weeks, she's like, I can't watch this anymore. You know, I, I had enough, you need to do something like this. So <laughs> a bigger like, audience, please. <laughs> yeah, fine, so you could just do this for YouTube or something. So I was like, all right, and then I, I thought about when I first moved to California, I didn't know where the hell I was going. There are all these beautiful mountains and places that I hear about, Laguna, what, how do I ride these trails? Where do I park? All this stuff. Everybody keeps saying, go to Laguna. It's not that simple. You don't just go to Laguna and get on some beautiful trails and have a great day. You got to do research. And at the time, um, I, I was basically trying to figure out all this stuff. And after about a year, I figured it out. And I was like, I guarantee you so many people that want to visit here or come here or even live here probably don't even know some of these loops. So I started just figuring out like, hey, I'll do this. And if somebody finds it helpful and cool, if somebody watches and uh, I just started randomly turning the camera on and I get, a lot, I get this a lot, of, like, a lot of people ask questions like, how do I start a YouTube channel? Just turn the camera on, man. That's all mm -hmm. you have to do. And it'll take care of itself eventually. You'll figure it out and you'll see if you have fun doing it. For me, I loved it. I just went out and I was an idiot. I would talk about things, but I try to keep it informative. And eventually, um, people started watching them and using them. And they would give me feedback and say, like, dude, I had no idea I that this loop was in my yard, backyard. And, I, you know, they would discover it. So I was, like, motivated off that. So that's why I kind of kept doing it. Like, the whole I'll bring your map to life was, like, a real thing that I was trying to do. Is like, take that map off trail forks or whatever, give you a visual visualization of what you're about to ride. 
and uh, kind of take you along for whatever hijinks comes along, you know? Yeah, the adventure. It, it felt like yeah. an adventure. I I originally um, started mountain biking, and I was just YouTubing things, and your videos would pop up. And it was always confidence inspiring to be like, okay, I'm not going to get lost. This guy was able to show me where to be, where to park, where to go. And I got a preview of, of the whole thing. So yeah. I, I loved, I loved it. And then obviously everybody else is loving it too. Your channel is growing wildly, wildly popular. Um, and it's, it's very good. Hey, I'm going to bring this guy in. Yeah. Let's speaking of. Yeah. Oh, how's it going? Oh, good. What's happening, buddy? Oh, hey, no, Congratulations to you on your 1,000 subscribers. I'm so stoked for you. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciated the boost at the end, man. Oh, but yeah. I just, I just stepped. You were at 993, and I was just like, let's get him there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but the thing is, he got to a thousand, and now he, he's done. He's gonna quit. <laughs> oh no, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke between me and Byron from the Listed Trailheads. I just tell him, like, I'm gonna be done at a thousand, bro. It's, I'm gonna call you. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, for the people who are on the line tonight, people listening in on, on, on the podcast, um, just introduce your channel, introduce yourself real quick. Okay. Hey guys, I'm Scouts Out. I tend to do a bunch of kind of random videos. I like to mainly focus on mountain biking, but I'm totally having fun with it and enjoying and yeah. Too much. Yeah. And, and Scouts Out's up in the central coast area. So if you want to see anything that's kind of like in that area, but you, you travel around like you guys today are in Santa Cruz. Yeah. He came yeah. up uh, yesterday. Um, I told him where I was coming up and he took a couple of days off. So we rode today and uh, I'm le we're leaving tomorrow, but he's been up here since yesterday afternoon. Pretty cool. That, yeah. that's, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Um, we got a couple uh, comments. Uh, Mark, hang out if you want. I, I want, there's, there's people here in the audience that have questions uh, Captain's Cog is on the line. He says, what's up, MTB dudes? And uh, we have a question here from MTBKO. She's asking, what is the hardest rock garden in your opinion, Tony? And uh, also, to you, uh, Scouts Out. I would say, I don't know if it's hardest. I would say there's a, weird, there's a trail that I never really do in uh, Laguna. How is it called? Rattlesnake, I think. And it's just got like a section in it that has like scissor rocks. These, you know, those rocks that if you hit wrong, they're going to give you a flat tire. Mm -hmm. There's a section on that trail that the looser and drier it gets, the rocks wear down more and more and more and they stick up more. So they're almost like spikes sticking up. So I would say that one is like the most dangerous one if you hit it fast. I never do that trail just because it drops you in such a low point of Laguna that it's a pain in the ass to climb out. Oh, but that every few months I'll go and hit it. And uh, that one, every time I'm never ready for that rock garden, I would say probably rattlesnake, but you know, if I had more time, I could probably come up with a couple, but. Yeah, they, you guys chime in if you're if you're on here and and a rock garden comes to mind, uh, pop it in there. She says, "Oh yeah, she knows what you're talking about." Okay, cool. That could be either the the descent too, because I, I accidentally did that descent. Like, woohoo, this is so fun! And then the climb out was like, "Where's the park? Where's yeah. the park for my car?" <laughs> it's almost like a, a it's not a ride killer, but you're really putting another like forty five minutes to get back out of that thing. It, it, it is. I had a guy pass me on an e-bike on the way up and I was dying. Like it just yeah. took, it just took my brain like, Oh geez. Louise. Yeah. Uh, makes a good point too. The, the rock garden at the bottom of car wreck is pretty, it's pretty harsh. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There we yeah, go. That's a yeah. good one. Oh my God. Everyone's thinking the same thing. Car wreck, car wreck, car wreck, nar. MT raging says rattlesnake climb out. Um, scouts out. How about you, bud? Where, where you are? What's, uh, how about a challenging rock garden in your area? 
I think I'm stuck on the last one, which is fire break. Uh, it's the last one trail I just did really. And it's, it's definitely, it's very chunky, very large and very hard to kind of get through. But if you get through right and you got good lines, you're perfectly fine. But if you mess up, not so much. Yeah. yeah. But fire break, there's a lot up on the quest yep. of grade. That's just like that, you know, that really kind of tears you up, but it's fun. It's good. Uh, they're good trails up there. That's the ride we just did where I, I crashed. I did my crash. Yeah. We uh, both there. Yes. Yeah. You guys are both on both channels. You guys were crashing. Yeah. <laughs> that looked that look pretty gnarly on video. So I know in person it, uh, it was no joke. Yeah. Um, we had a question up here. I think it was MTB trail dogs. Oh no. Somebody was saying that rocket was getting torn up. I don't know if that's just from, is that from, is that from too many writers or is that from something with the County or the city? I, I, I hope it's not the other. I hope yeah. it's not tore up. I hope not. I hope not either. I hope, hope not Empty raging says those uphills elevator slow and easy. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Trick to a rock garden. If a rock garden is short, do we just kind of float it like back in the skateboarding days when you would be on a sidewalk and you kind of like hop up a little bit to get over a crack, you know, so your wheels yeah. don't stick in there. But just like a bunch of. Yeah, it's true. I guess if you're going fast, you just go over it. So wh yeah. what is your what what is your technique when you're you're playing chess with the the rock gardens? And say it's like a just like a two and a half bike length rock garden. Uh I would just say this is gonna maybe sound weird, but I used to think about this on my skateboard is I try to stay light on my bike, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but like staying light on your bike is is not just like lately making your body feel part of the suspension and working with the bike instead of just staying stiff, you know, like, so mm -hmm. saying staying light on your bike and skateboarding would mean like, you know, you ollie onto a ledge and grind. You don't ollie onto the grudge and, and snap into it and put all your weight into the grind. You kind right. of let the, you kind of just like stay light and let it grind and then hop off. Like you're kind of dancing in and out. So that's kind of how I feel like on a rock garden. I try to be, I try to stay as light as possible on the bike and just kind of let the bike roll over and not just put all my weight into it. I don't know if that translates to a, a skill set, but just more of a way I think, you know? Yeah, I, I completely understand that. It's like, uh, it's almost like you're trying to get to the upper part of your suspension and let the tires just kind of like twinkle toe across the top yeah, yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Especially well, for the short ones, you can kind of just like, almost like prepare like, okay, and then let it go, you know? Yeah. Like Fred, Fred, Fred Flintstone, them kind of just kind yeah. of. Like, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Scouts? How do you how do you approach those? You know, like the I think the best right. I think <laughs> the best example I had honestly was with at Laguna when we did ride car wreck, right? Yeah. Tony just told me just keep up your speed, man. It'll be just fine. Just go. And it is very janky, very nasty out there. And honestly, like I just listened to him and I just held on to it. And and like you said, man, just keep it light, keep the arms loose, and you just roll right through it. You know, the faster you go, sadly, the better it is. And I learned that a lot out there at the Quest of Grade is is keeping that speed up. The more the slower you go, the more chance you're gonna have your tire grabbing into something and you're going over the bars. Or if you're going fast, you can skip over things and and just kind of keep it going. Now yeah, good point. Good point. What and now what do we do when the rock garden is long? Like you have rocket that's just one ginormous rock garden. What is it? Is it line choice? Is it speed? It, what What the heck is yeah. it? Rocket is line choice and speed. The faster you go on that one is the, is the better you're going to do. The end gets really choppy. So stay over, uh, you know, not over your bike, but like 
over your bike, uh, I think you'll be fine. But yeah, rock gardens, I think a lot of the time, honestly, is, is just speed is your friend. You know, as long as you don't get stuck in a deep pocket or something like that, where your front tire is going to get bucked out, like, I think you're good. Or, I mean, rock garden is a pretty vague term too. Like there's boulder rock gardens where the ones you really have to hop from rock to rock. But when you, the little choppy ones though, I think you can just blaze through those. Mm, yeah. It looks like everybody else on the line is saying something similar. Speed is your friend. Also staying light. Uh, trail dogs and speed. More yep. more speed. Yep. yep. That was a hard one for me to learn. <laughs> it seems so counterintuitive, right? It's just like, I think I need to slow down for some of this. But then the rock gardens get more pronounced. Yeah, exactly. They get the slower you go, the more stuck you're going to get. Yeah, there's that one. There's a small rock garden. Scouts, I don't know if you had a chance at Greer. There's a trail called Overdrive, and one of the last turns towards the bottom, it, it there's a rock garden, and it turns kind of right. And I feel like it grabs a lot of people's front tires right there. If you're just at that that critical speed where you're not too fast, but you're just yeah. at that very little slow, then uh, you're going to go visit some rocks. I haven't rode yet. That looks absolutely fun, though. Yeah. Oh man, when you get down here, you'll you'll have to you'll have to go out with us there. Probably not in the summertime unless we go early in the morning. Um, yeah. Or, or yeah. It yeah. Yeah. It get it gets hot out there. Um, so Tony, we're kind of already naturally in the trail talk part of the episode. Yeah. Um, what are some of the trails that really just energize you, or you can't get enough of? Uh, like specific names or just trails types? Ooh, good question. I guess if they're sanctioned, you can, you can say, but, um, like if you had yeah. a choice, like what are your top, say, what are your top five trails and why? Uh, locally, I don't know if I can do five, but like I'll say TNA is my favorite just go-to trail because it's got a little bit of everything in it. It's a super long descent up top. You kind of have that warm up area where it's a little bit flowy with some switchbacks. And then the middle section is just super fast and you just kind of, blaze down into the next section, which is more of technical. The, the bottom section of TNA is one of my favorites just because um, it's got that chunky, we just talk about rock gardens, but it's got rock garden shoots, right? So you're just kind of like going down fast sections with rock gardens into the next section that it's just all chunky rock. And then the last bit is just like a full send, hold mm -hmm. on to the bars and pin it. That trail has a little bit of everything in there. And uh, I always just kind of go to that one when I haven't ridden Laguna in a while, that's like definitely on my list. I've been really into stair steps lately. I really, I really like the waterfall section there. Uh, I'm excited that they're starting to do some things in Aliso where they're making like links. Now is going to be a downhill only trail. So you don't have to worry about hikers coming up. They're putting new signs up for that now. And uh, I think that's a positive move, especially in, you know, around Laguna when things have been so tough for a while that we're starting to see some stuff like that. The last thing you want to do is run into hikers going on a trail that fast. So they're starting to see that. I think that's a, that's a positive thing. Overdrive at Greer is one of my favorites. Um, mm. There's, there's just we're really in a lucky place to, in Orange County to have that as an option to have so many good trails. So it's really hard to name. But uh, I mean, I'm up here in Santa Cruz right now. Um, I did some great riding up here. Uh, one of my favorite trails is right over here, the Demo Forest at Flow Trail. Uh, I was lucky enough to be taken on a local ride here two days ago. Oh. Some uh, secret trails. Uh, Dang, you did. Uh, 21 miles, three and a half hours, and most of that was just pure forest single track. You know, it was it was incredible. So oh, that, I can't see the names of those trails, but that was one of the highlights of my year so far. I, there's going to be a video on that too, so that's going to be coming in a couple of weeks. It might oh. be because it was so long, but um, 
that was awesome. Good times. That, yeah. What a special treat to get a local treatment up there. Oh, yeah. Some secret stuff. Was Now, up there, is it, is it steep and loamy type of type of terrain? It, or, or It depends on the year. Right now, I'm kind of up here in a, a little bit late, so it hasn't rained in a while, so it's pretty dusty. It's not as loose as it is in SoCal, but um depends where you go but it's it's pretty loose it's not it's not like our trails though like we're in the trees and stuff like that so it's a different type of dirt mm-hmm. but it's, it's, a lot of the people up here are like oh you know it's not like you should have been here in winter but it's like i'm having such a, a blast on it regardless like i don't care yeah what dirt it is right now it's really fun and, and i've seen some footage coming out of there where even the camera the gopro effect makes it look steep so i'm sure there's some things that make you pucker yeah yeah that goes along with the territory, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Last time I was riding with this guy over in San Luis Obispo, Firebreak, that trail that I couldn't really name. It's kind of in a gray area. A lot of people know about that trail, but uh, I didn't want to say the name of it in the video because, uh, you know, you just get in trouble with the locals. But anyway, uh, that trail was amazing. It was like 25 minutes, has rock gardens, flow sections, the rock drop stuff and jumps. And so that trail, I can't wait to get back to and get some redemption on that rock as well. Yeah. Let me pull that up actually for the folks that are here. uh, Let's take a peek at the uh, Instagram here. We have some footy uh, or actually we have some, we have some stories or some pictures. This one right here, Tony, is this, is this on fire break or one of the trails that leads to that trail? Fire break. Yeah. That's the drop that I got messed up on. Yeah, look at that thing. What? And how? I mean, the camera never does it justice. What? How big is that thing? I don't know. What, what did you think? It's probably close to shul- shoulder height if you're standing next to it. But by the time you actually land and hit, you're you're looking at seven, eight feet of of you know flight time, really. Wow, wow, that's bananas. And is it one of those blind takeoffs where you're kind of coming at it and just? You, know, you come around a turn and it's kind of pops in front of you. So I put down a rock to know where to kind of take it off from the okay. thing I didn't think about when I did it. So I landed it the first time and had to put the brakes on because it went off the trail. I didn't think through it enough to re- to realize like, okay, after you land, you need to be onto the trail. Cause it's not like it's a bike park where there's just this perfectly groomed trail that you're landing in. Like it's a, you land in like a shrapnel zone. If you don't land perfectly straight, you're going to, you're, you're going to have a bad day. And that's basically what ended up happening. My second <laughs> round is uh, I just kind of like, landed a little bit too right and went and fell right into the rock garden yeah that's that's some of the remnants from the crash right there yeah yeah and then in video if you guys haven't seen that um definitely go up go and check out uh tony's channel he has the video on that scouts outs on that too so check out scouts out as well while you're there but uh, you can see when tony lands on that second attempt it's like a washout into these rocks and then it looks like the trail's turning a little bit to the right as well and it was kind of the right side of the trail kind of popped up a little bit. Yeah, the trail moved on me, so it wasn't really my fault. The trail moved as yeah. I was. <laughs> literally did. Yeah, yeah. it literally <laughs> did. Uh, MTBDH says, I broke my rear chain stay on stupid crash at the end of TNA, going back to the TNA. Um, okay, Adam Mock has a question for you, Tony, and, and this will apply to you too, Scouts Out. Um, speaking of vids, what are your favorite what are the favorite videos that you guys have made so far? You want to take that one first or? Um, I, I guess I would start. I think I always go towards the most recent video, I think, because I think you always put up, you know, so much more effort into the more recent videos than you do before. You're always learning and moving forward. So I'd have to probably argue my last video. Yeah. I like the way you're thinking. I like, 
it, for me, it's tough to pick a favorite, but I, cause I always feel the exact same way. Like the, my most recent video is the most progressed I am at editing. So I feel like mm -hmm. what, I'm always, what I'm always hitting the upload button on last is the last thing I'm most proud of. But if I have to say and look back, just like what I took the most time with, it's not even a video that's on my channel. I did a, a review for Fox MTV apparel that went on vital MTV. I don't know if a lot of people saw it, but I took a lot of time to make that and probably two months here between me making videos. And wow, that's one of my favorites just because I was like able to dissect the, the, the each piece specifically. I went in, um, up to Sky Park and I did like an on the trail review of the first time I wore the pieces and talked about some, I won't get into details of it, but I, I think that one was just me feeling like uh, this is what you can do if you take your time with a video and put some thought into it and mm. plan it instead of, just going out there and seeing what happens. So that was kind of the start of when I started thinking about videos differently. That's very cool. Um, Adam Mock says, uh, Scouts Eye has some tight edits. Love it. That's a big yeah. shout out to you, my man. So when you guys are speaking of videos, when you guys are editing videos or creating videos, does that, are you guys scripting these or do you guys just kind of hit record and then let the trail tell the story and you just kind of piece it together on the back end? How do you guys approach that? Uh, <laughs> I'm off the cuff, so I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't script anything. I just know what I want to say and I hit record and see what comes out. And sometimes it's stupid and I'll do it one more time. But usually what you see from me is one take stuff. Like I, I usually, my intros or anything I'm voicing over is usually my first or second try. Cause I don't really feel natural doing it twice cause it feels forced. So whatever's coming out first feels more authentic you know, things like that. Like this last video I just did was one take and some of the audio was messed up. I didn't want to do it again because it wasn't going to feel right. And it wasn't going to have the same type of passion I was talking about because I felt like I had to do it over. So if I'm talking about something I care about, I just want to get it done. But if I have to, I mean, if the edit is like completely garbage, I'll do it again, but I won't be able to do it again right away. I'm weird. Like, I don't know. I could do scripts. It would probably make it easier maybe, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think for me that's as, that's as comfortable because I'm, I really just like hanging out and talking to you, to the camera and to the people that were watching, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. And I could tell, and I actually experienced that when we, when we rode velocity, when uh, Mr. Adam mock went ahead and uh, helped me out yeah. with my video and did that crazy eighties uh, theme retro cut for us. That, that, was, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. Adam Mock, thank you so much. And uh, even the whole part where you said, and he eats not, he does three things well. He's a genius at editing. He does storyboards well, and he eats, he eats nachos pretty well too. I completely missed that until uh, Adam's video came out and he's got like the stack of six inches of cheese on his nachos. Yeah, that was a great play. I love that he did that. <laughs> that was that was a good play. How about you, Scouts Out? How do you, what's your approach on uh, making your vids? Well, I think I try and do my best while I'm out on the trail, but then what happens was I, I start editing and I just don't talk enough, honestly. So I always end up doing some kind of voiceover and yeah, I always script the voiceover, but the problem is, is I'm trying to read it and trying to sound as normal as possible and still stay interested into what I'm saying. I think uh, it, I'd never say the script. I get very close to it, but for the most part, I just kind of like, just try and let it spit out. It's more like the script of like a general idea of what I want to talk about. So that's kind of usually my approach to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and both are, are right. You know, it's just like everyone's different way of, of telling the story. And 
sometimes when you look at these trails, the trails are trying to tell us a story. We're just kind of the translators. We just yeah. kind of, this is what we saw. This is what we experienced, you know, hope you experienced something cool like this too. Um, definitely saw that from Tony. And then with uh, Droney, Droney brings a whole different thing to the, to the edit. Droney McDrone face. I mean, geez, Louise. Droney. Droney is not allowed in a lot of places though. So Droney is very special <laughs> to the videos. When I can put him in, I love it. But um, he's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> he has a lot of extra care on the trail, as you saw. He's kind of a stubborn, stubborn little guy. But uh, once he gets going, he's great. It's like one of those principal actors, you know, like you bring him out of the backpack, you got to feed him yeah. a little bit of water, make sure the right color M&Ms are there. The green M&Ms all the time. <laughs> so if anybody has any questions for Tony or Scouts Out uh, on trails, uh, please pipe them in. But we're going to go ahead and transition over to the next part of the episode, which is more of like it used to be who was your favorite YouTubers. And, and now what I think I'm trying to say more specifically to my guests are is um, who inspires you or who motivates you on a on a basis, daily, weekly, whatever it is. Like channel wise or anymore? Either way, it could be a, a creative inspiration, a motivational inspiration, or somebody in your past that really helped you change into the direction that you are today. Um, I'll keep it simple. I like, I'll talk about just what I've been watching lately and just say like, uh, I've, I've, it sounds weird. I've geared off of, I used to be obsessed with watching every single mountain bike video that came out from like every channel. And uh, I think when making videos every single week and editing so much and putting so much time into myself, I found it like I got a little burnt on just watching and editing and watching and editing. And so um, I still watch them, but not as much. So I, I do like finding other creative ways to implement ideas or get motivation from outside of mountain biking. Like I really like watching um, different genres of what they're doing. So like, uh, for example, I really like, um, Van Nat, nice that what he started doing. He's got a new channel. It's it's uh, really creative and unique, and I don't think there's anyone doing what he's doing right now on YouTube. I really like Matt Devella. Um, I really like uh, the things he talks about. Always ring true for me. Like he's always talking about something personal and uh, it really relatable, and he does really great. Like while he's doing them, he does great angles and great camera shots and gives kind of ideas for new ways of doing things. I, I first mountain bike channels. I really love what P, BCPOV has been doing. Mm -hmm. I've been watching his series. He's literally been weekly updating a trail that he's built, building from scratch and it's just about done. And uh, it's just like a really interesting process to watch somebody build a trail from scratch from like annoying things from like a water pit with rocks. How do you, figure out like the trail has to go here. How do you figure out this problem or, you know, cutting up a tree in a certain way to make a, a shark fin. And I don't know, like, I think it's cool because he's never done it before and he's learning as he goes and he's showing us what he's learning. So I think that's a really unique and creative approach to a mountain bike channel where it's usually just, you know, the, the, the recipe that we usually do. So he's, he's really just doing something different. Yeah. I like that. It's kind of like how uh, MTB Allen told me at one point, like people like to see how sausage is made when it comes to YouTube stuff. Mm -hmm. So when you're kind of going along the adventure, it's not like this buttoned up polished thing that's, uh, that you're watching. Sometimes it's that it's like how they're figuring something out or kind of taking you along with them on the ride. Yeah. Or like seeing what someone did and then trying to figure out how they did it. Right. Like trying yeah. to put the puzzle together behind the scenes. Like I want to do something like that. 
Yeah. That's, you know, that's fun. Yeah. All the different things like the nice dad thing, like, Oh, you put the camera in the cupboard. When you go to the cupboard, you get the coffee out and then you put the camera by the coffee machine yeah. to make the coffee. Yeah. It's like all that takes like a day and it's yeah. a cup of coffee, but it looks freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy how much some of that stuff, how much time some of that stuff takes and it's two seconds in a video, right? Totally. Like sometimes they have those like uh, shots where someone's just walking, that person is walking down the sidewalk and you're thinking that wasn't a drone. Did they go up to that apartment and put that up there and then yeah. press play and then walk all the way back down to the street and yeah. walk by? It's, it's nuts. Later and, yeah. yeah, but it's all buy-in because you're watching it. You're like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, how about you, Scouts Out? What do you, uh, what, on that subject, anybody there that uh, motivates you or has been uh, an inspiration to you or your channel? I'd say I started really with BKXC on my uh, hard tell. And then I immediately found the YT brand and I was really interested in a YT. I didn't know if I wanted a Jeffsy or a Capra. So I found this guy here as the YT Capra and then Van Can with his YT or YT Capra and he had a YT Jeffsy. So I used to watch the hell out of both of their channels and I, I still do, honestly. I still like both of them and it's absolutely amazing. I get to actually ride with him. So really. <laughs> that, I know. It's I cool. That's <laughs> so cool. You're like, that's really you. Where you're really here. We're really here. We're riding. <laughs> I feel like I'm in uh what do they call it? Uh, when you wear those goggles and, and you're not really there, but you're there. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like that. You're like, holy crap, <laughs> this is cool. Um, okay, uh, MTBDH says, Tony, how has the drone been working out? Worth it, or do you still prefer the GoPro? Um, I don't have a preference. There's, I don't think that those two things you can um compare the drone brings something completely different to the shots so uh, i don't think i would ever be able to use just the drone but i love the combination with the gopro and the drone if that makes sense so i uh, definitely think it's worth what i paid for it and what it's bringing to the channel i've experiencing new ways of editing it's brought me like kind of like a i just love seeing and every time i bring it out thinking of a new way to try to get a shot you know it's really intuitive so wherever i put droney is where he's going to kind of stay or where he's going to be around. So I just love trying to figure out ways and trails and uh, new ways of bringing that view into the picture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've seen you toggle back and forth between the two and, and use the GoPro on your chest as the audio for Droney as Droney's yeah. flying above, you know, like all these different things on how you make it work is, is cool. And it just seamlessly goes in and out throughout your video, which uh, I know I love. I love seeing those different angles whenever you can get Droney out. Yeah. Um, anything else on the on the YouTube or inspiration side from, from you guys that you didn't get a chance to share? You're putting me on the spot here, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I mean, we can always go back to it if something All pops right. up. But great, great stuff. Definitely um, good folks to follow if you haven't had a chance to check out some of the folks that – uh, Tony and Scouts Out talked about. Those are some great things to see. And just some of that is a little bit different, different camera angles and ideas that pop up. Um, but good to see where that motivation is coming from. Now, a perfect segue and transition into where we're heading next is Product Spotlight. Uh, both of you guys are YT guys. Um, I don't know, you know where that's all coming from, but... I think you like uh, glitched out there for a second. Say that did, one did, did I? Oh, I said you guys are... I said the perfect segue for the next spot is called product spotlight and i know both you guys are on the yt and so uh cheers cheers boys to the to the yt brand 
You are just um, your sponsor's dream. <laughs> the, it's a little, is it too much? The hat, the lightning bolt? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but uh, in, this seg in this segment of the cast, I love just doing product spotlight for the guests. Any product that you want to spotlight, any company that you want to spotlight, like what's been working out for you guys, maybe what upgrades have you done? And it doesn't always have to be the bike. It could be, you know, like droney or, or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I just, I want to throw a plug out to the people that are supporting me. It's uh, YT. They're uh, completely on board and along for the, the long, the long haul with me. I'm riding the Jeff C and I'm riding the copper right now and excited to get the new one when it comes out and, and drops. Uh, they, uh, they've been great. It's great having them a part of the channel, not only um, for the bikes, but just because uh, I've gotten to know the people there. They're great. And uh, Jeff is uh, both Jeff's Jeff, the president and, and Jeff Nichols. We have, you know, having a, a personal guy to go to with the bike problems and stuff like that is huge. And this is the same guy that's working on, the Red Bull bike. So this guy knows his stuff. And I just bring it to him and then just say, like, I don't, I trust anything you do to this thing, do whatever you want. And uh, it's just been, been super helpful and, and amazing to have. I'm, I can't even believe that it's been part of the channel right now. I'm still kind of adjusting, but it's it's great. Uh, Simplistic is a CBD company that are on board. It's always helpful to have somebody that have has products that help after the ride and before it, you know, like I've gotten pretty bruised up the last couple of weeks. I've been using their products, uh, the salves and the rub-ons and stuff like that. Maxis Tires is a supporter of the channel. I've always ride the, I've always ridden those um, tires anyway. You know, like uh, I'll just go through the, the gamut here. Tokyo, Auto Tokyo Automotive is now uh, a sponsor of the channel as well, which is great because I've been traveling so much. He's helping me out with the Tacoma, any uh, issues that come up with that. He's gonna mm. be sponsoring some, uh, road trips coming up and things like that. So, uh, what am I forgetting? Sport RX, God, <clears throat> right here. They're keeping me seeing on the trail. They hit me up and I had no idea what I was missing out on. Honestly, I noticed it this week in Santa Cruz. Um, I was here last time and didn't have prescription lenses on. And now in the way that, that you tra traverse into the trails here, you're constantly in shade and sunspots and they're kind of going back and forth. And before it was just a big blur and now I can kind of see and and kind of contrast in and see the specifics. So I know this is very like pitch mode sponsor me stuff, but no, this is great. I mean, to share, these are the supporters of the show. Um, I, I love giving that part of the, of the show over to that type of stuff and uh, shout out to sunglass Rob over at sport RX for, for taking care of you. What do they recommend a specific type of glasses? If, if we're out riding on trails that kind of, you know, their shade and their sun and their shade, did, did they put you into something that's kind of yeah. helped you out with that? that not only do that, they all, I have, so I have two different uh, glasses that I use. I don't have the names. One's an ugly one's uh, Smith, I think. Um, anyway, uh, the lenses are tinted specifically for your needs on the trail. So like one's for like an all Sunday. Another is another pair, which I use almost all the time. Um, they're, they're transitioned a little bit. So you go into the, sh the trees and then you come out into the sun. It acclimates to the conditions that you're in. Oh, and that's man. my go-to. Like right now I'm, I'm wearing them in the trees here and it's just like having a clear lens in, but it's crisper. So they're, what they're doing there that you just tell them what you do and where you ride or what activity it is. And they'll insert all the, the goods for you. And uh, it's a really good pack. That's so amazing. 
That's amazing. And I hear they've got the uh, prescription uh, inserts for whatever you need. Like if you're going to wear MTB goggles out on the trail and you need prescription, they, they can yep. make all that stuff work. Exactly. Which is, which is super cool. Um, going back to the first one, going back to YT, uh, John W here, one of the guests says, Tony, are you going to go with the coil rear shock on the new Capra or thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I'm going to get the core four. Um, so I think that comes with the regular shock. I think the only one that comes with the coil is the, the limited edition one, which it, this is why YT is so cool. He said I could have one, but I felt guilty. And I was like, no, I'm just going to get the core four because there's only a hundred made of the limited pink one. And I was like, when I found that out, I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't, I feel unworthy. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the rider, give those, give that to one of the pro riders or something. It just, yeah, it's such a limited run. Uh, so I'm going to get the core four. I think it's going to be hopefully the blue and it's going to be the MX mulleted version. Ooh, baby. That's is there a time, is there a time frame on that, on that potential drop? It's not going to be for a while. I think, unfortunately, probably not until the end of the year, uh, maybe a little bit later. It just, um, I don't know. It's like, I'm looking at it like the way new cars drop, they announce it. And then, they, yes. you know, you got to wait a little while. So, yeah, uh, they get stuck on those dang boats out there. It's like, come on, bring those boats in already. <laughs> That's a real thing. The boats. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Sometimes. Yeah. Where, where you send me your coordinates. I'll just, I'll just swim out there and grab yeah, it. We'll go. I'll rent <laughs> one and just go and get it. <laughs> now you're learning a lot of stuff with all these different supporters of the show. And I know hardly anything about simplistic. What now you're saying that's a CBD type of company. Um, what, what products do they have and what do you use them for? Uh, so the salve is what I, is my go-to. I don't think I have it on me right now, but it's, uh, it's a rub on in a small tin can and it is half CBD and half Arnica. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with Arnica gel. It's something I've been using since, uh, I was, I've been skating since a kid, any sprained ankle, anything. I just go to the homeopathic store, the organic store, get Arnica and rub that thing all over and uh, it's always really helped with bruising and speeding up the muscle injury process. So the salve is my go-to. Even when I don't crash, if I'm really sore after a big ride, I'll use it on my muscles. It really helps with that stuff. And they also have uh, CBD rub bonds with eucalyptus that I use. It just really soothes your muscles after a ride. It's kind of like almost like a roll-on, looks like a, a roll-on deodorant stick, and you just kind of rub it on your skin after a ride and chill, watch TV or whatever. Mm. Um, those, are the, those are the main ones that I use. And what's awesome is that... Um, it actually works. I think, you know, it's not just a myth. Like I really like having those products, like kind of believe in them. And that's what I want to do with anybody that supports the channel. Not only am I excited that they're there to support me and support what I'm doing, but I want to always be authentic and, and my reputation is huge to me. So I only want to bring in brands that I would be normally using and, and backing in my normal life, not just for the money, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's important to stay that way. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Genuine authenticity is huge. And you're, if you're using it in your everyday life, then it's just a win-win for everybody. So it sounds like Simplistic is a good one for recovery. So we can go hard and then just use those products to recover. Um, things that you already use in your life, you were saying Maxxis Tires is one of the supporters yeah. of the show. Um, what Maxxis Tires are you guys running right now? Or, and Mark, if you're running them too, uh, feel free to chime in. What are you running? I'm on DHR2 still. Yeah, and I like them. Nice. Uh, back and forth. I usually have an ass on the Capra. I have an acid guy in the front, um, DHF in the back. I have 
Um, no, not GH, DH, DHR in the back. I have uh, DHF and DHR on the Jeffs here right now, but I have a back. I have a whole bunch of looking forward to. Like, I'm going to throw a, a dissector on the Jeff C um, pretty soon. His tire's on its way out. So I like bouncing around. I'm going to throw an Asa guy on that Capra maybe for Snow Summit and see how that feels. That, that tire is pretty, it's a little wider, 2.5 for um, the back. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually do 2.4, but a little 2.5 in the summertime here just adds a little bit more stability possibly so we'll see I, I'm, I'm lucky enough where i have a bunch now and i can play around and see what feels good you know but my go-to has always been in the back um the dhr so you gotta have a bunch of those you know yeah that's what i think i'm running on my jeff c right now it's whatever uh jeff nichols and jeff taylor put on that bike i'm like yeah. sweet this is perfect yeah. <laughs> i'm running with that the maxis tires um going back to simplistic debbie crow says uh i use cbd salve for my achilles injury Really helped in the early stages with the extreme pain. Good stuff. Yeah. Curious, Debbie, is that is that simplistic brand or, or or what brand is it? But it sounds like similar type of ingredients with the CBD. Kathleen K, what's happening? Team YT right here. So this is great. This is great. Dude, I do want to make sure that I always uh, try to separate us. Um, we're on the creative side, the YouTube side of the of the YT venture. We got the athletes over there. They're doing all the back lips and stuff. We're yeah. Or, um, behind, I'm behind the lens there. <laughs> um, Mark, how about you? Any Anybody there that uh, you have that you would like to uh, shout out for pro- product spotlight or products that you're using? No, I just, I don't, I don't do any kind of uh, any of that yet. So I don't know when I, if I find a company, I truly, truly enjoy like, you know, white or something like that crazy. I probably would do that. Um, but as of now, no, I'm just keeping it simple and just having fun with it. So what are some of the favorite products that you ride right now? Um, I I mean, if uh, pad wise, I'd say like the Fox. I really enjoyed like the Fox knee pads and stuff like that, and their gloves. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty open for whatever equipment I could find at the time that I enjoy, and and if I like it, I'll use it. You know. Yeah, that's cool. Very very cool. There's a tire company um, that's up and coming called Versus Tires. Uh, try to see if you check. I, I don't know if you've heard of them, but if you haven't, uh, definitely check them out. They're they're doing some great things too. They got some they got some good tires. Um, going back to the CBD thing again. Here we go. Debbie says my CBD salve is Venga CBD one thousand. And uh, Adam Ock saying favorite component brand, gentlemen. Do you guys have a favorite brand for components? Uh. I like Crank Brothers. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. Crank yeah. Brothers. Um, one Up's pretty cool. I like their handlebar I had on the Remedy. The um, the kind of like, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's it's the one that moves a little bit. And I like that it took off some uh, of the arm pump. I really kind of, I was thinking about getting that again. Yeah. How about you, Scouts Out? What do you? I'd say SRAM. I really enjoy SRAM, honestly. Yeah. I like the brakes. I like the, you know, the shifting. I've used a little bit of some of the Shimano stuff and wasn't as happy with it. So I think I'm, and maybe that's just because I know how to adjust them at this point now. And maybe I just feel more comfortable with them, but I'm definitely all SRAM on that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff. I've been, uh, the only one thing that Jeffsy came with, I think it's ODI grips, the, oh, yeah. the ODI grips. And I came off of the rev grips. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to try those rev grips, but I definitely think I feel a difference with those rev grips. I mean, they definitely, I don't get any arm pump when I ride with those and I really feel good on those, yeah. but I'm, I'm giving the ODIs a try because, you know, they came with the bike and that bike does way more than I can do 
right now. <laughs> I like uh, the grips. I've been riding death grips for the last couple of years. Those are really nice. I like those. Death grips. Yeah, they're nice. Mm. Nice. How about you, Scouts Out? What do, what are you riding on those? I'm still using the ODIs that came off of the bike, and I've actually been pleasantly surprised and enjoyed them. But I have been looking at those rev grips too, like thinking the same thing that I'd like to get rid of some arm pump. So, and I don't know if that's me just squeezing the bars too hard or if maybe, you know, the grips would help out. You know, I would definitely try it one of these days for sure. Yeah. Uh, Adam Ock here says, might I recommend Deity Super Cush Grips? Huh. Okay. Never yeah. heard, but I, I'll give them a, that sounds cool. Give yeah, those a try. You can recommend, Adam. Yeah, definitely so. All right, guys, heading over to the part of the show where we talk about um, some funny questions to kind of like bring it towards the end of the of the episode. But uh, some funny questions for both you guys, just to see how you guys answer these, because everybody answers them different. No right or wrong, but definitely want to know the whys behind the questions. Okay. So, question one, we'll start with Tony. We'll bounce over to Scouts Out. And we'll just keep that uh, ball rolling. So the first question, Tony, mm -hmm. is <laughs> is cereal a soup? Why or why not? Oh man, it's cereal. What, you, what, what kind of? That's silly. <laughs> it's totally. <laughs> so it is a soup, and the why is because that's definitely silly. It's cereal. Yeah. It's, I, I can't think of like I think of soup as a meal, like in itself for dinner, right? Soup is like a a noodle, a vegetable. Yeah a broth cereal is just milk and some kind of like cheerio grain, <laughs> grain. Yeah. Yeah. it's just out of a bowl and it's liquid doesn't make it soup that's 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 just me there you go man i was almost getting that uh yay hey, you're, you're pretty sure you're gonna talk about meatballs that's, that's my, i thought you're gonna ask me you're talking about food you don't ask me about a meatball sub what the hell <laughs> well wait one of the guests back here i i i didn't want to miss it but he asked it's vegas mike he says where is there a good place for a meatball sandwich in the central coast? Oh, he'd have to ask him. I just discovered the best meatball sub I've had all year is here in uh, Brookdale. It's oh. at Ellie's Deli, and they make it. Oh God, I want it right now. It's so good. <laughs> it's when that when the when the bread gets soft enough to sat, get saturated with the sauce, and the cheese and the bread and the sauce become one around the meatball. Oh, you're not only biting into the meat. You're not just biting into the bread. The bread is now part of the meatball. Oh, it's like this, the <laughs> same, the same texture almost. Like you can't, just, you can't decipher between the bread and the meatball. It's, it's all, all intermittent. All one thing, man. It's oh all my gosh, that sounds, that sounds pretty amazing, actually. What, <laughs> what was the name of that place again? Castelli's Deli, it's right up the street from here. Castelli's Deli I, meatball sandwich. A long time to get, but I, you know, once I bit in, I was okay with it. Nice. And hey, if you guys go there, tell them Tony sent you. Tony. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scouts Out, what about you? Central Coast, if anyone's going there and they're thinking, meatball sandwich, meatball sandwich, or they're listening to this podcast, meatball sandwich, uh, where would they want to pull into? For how am I supposed to go after that? <laughs> I know. He's not as passionate about his meatballs. He's not as passionate about meatballs. Because I'm going to say something like Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> you get in trouble that way. I know, right? <laughs> the soup and the salads, Connor. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that soup or is that no? Uh, <laughs> soup. <laughs> that's, that's the soup. That's yeah. the soup. All right. Uh, Vegas Mike says, uh, I eat cereal without milk. I can't eat soup without broth. Interesting. <laughs> 
You eat hey. cereal without milk? That's not, that's that not cereal. That's not cereal. <laughs> that's something else. So yogurt topping, maybe, at that point, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, top <laughs> that's a, a, a topping on some kind of other that's thing. That's a topping of La Vegas, Mike. We love you no matter what, however you eat your cereal and soup. <laughs> um, because Debbie says, me too, Vegas Mike. So there's oh, more than one. <laughs> and uh, you, you sold a meatball sandwich. Vegas Mike, guess I'm driving up to Santa yeah. Cruz this weekend. Get up here for the meatball sub and then riding secondary. Riding secondary. Or go for a hard ride, put on some of that CBD, and oh, then have yeah. a meatball <laughs> sub. There you go. Eat some CBD and then get a meatball <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to recover, I think. Okay, next question. You guys are up in Santa Cruz, out in the wilderness, up in the trees, and you have time to think. If you were to think of a certain type of conspiracy for mountain biking, to drop it into the mountain bike world, what would it be? Like one that I think might already be there or one that I would create to be like a Dr. Evil. Ooh, let's do both. Sounds like you have both already on the thought process. <laughs> well, you can make up a conspiracy about how bikes are so hard to find that all the bike brands have gotten together, all the presidents, and figure out a way to create a mass demand. That way, when everybody was ready and willing to put all the money down, boom, look, all the bikes arrive and they, they sell. Them. <laughs> all of them are sold out. That's true, though. That's a long, hard game, though, to play. Yeah. No, I mean, the selling out part is true. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Now, is that happening, or is that is that a Dr. <laughs> Evil fight? <laughs> I don't know if it's happening, actually. I mean, at this point in this world, I will, I wouldn't believe it, but if it happened, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, gosh, dang. Yeah. They had all those bikes all along. Yeah. <laughs> they're blaming on the guys on the boat they're like we dropped off the bikes a week ago yeah in reality they've kidnapped the guy in the boat and they're not letting him dock so <laughs> that is a very good conspiracy all right uh scouts out you're you're up next i'm gonna go with uh you have to pay for expensive bike washing stuff or you can't wash your bike <laughs> oh so i'm i don't do that i don't mind using car wash and stuff like that and re-greasing bearings if I have to. <laughs> yeah, interesting. That's interesting. So conspiracy is that the bike washing stuff may not really be needed. It's is it? I heard that. It's like similar stuff to the car wash stuff, right? Probably. I mean, it would make sense because it's washing like a $30,000 car. Why isn't it good enough for uh, your bike? Yeah, good point. Deep conspiracies, gentlemen. Ooh. We'll be thinking about this now for a while. But there is a good smell to the muck-off stuff. Oh, I've heard the muck-off's amazing. I haven't used it yet. <laughs> yeah, I use that. It's just foam right on. It's just quick rinse. I'm yeah. a paranoid guy about my bottom bracket. I like to keep all the you – like, you don't care about the bearings. You could fix them. He's he's an engineer mechanic guy, so he just loves getting in there and taking things apart. I am scared of all that, so I just try to do as much as I can to alleviate any kind of problem. Like uh, – don't spray the fire hose, the, bra the bottom bracket. I will just like be very careful around that thing, you know? Yeah. And then drying the bike off. I, I use a, I use my leaf blower. Cause I, don't know what I do. Oh, I just want to get all the stuff out of the, the triangle in the back, you know? Oh man, yeah. you should make a video about that. That's something I might want to try. I, I would <laughs> buy a leaf blower just to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, but I'm yeah. not in the little, I'm not getting in the little spaces. Yeah, that's uh, I, I put it like in the 
in the head tube right there, the the neck right there. I'll I'll get all the water out of there, and then all the brackets and everything. It just sprays it all out. Um, yeah, it, it's good stuff. And if you have a you know a battery operated one like I do, it runs for like ten minutes and it's gone and bikes dry. So yeah, see, Pip likes that. So muck off. I, we both do, obviously. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for uh, outsider, he wants a leaf blower. <laughs> leaf blower for Tony. <laughs> and that won't be the conspiracy because if you get a leaf blower, you'd be like, what the hell? Oh, damn, that podcast. Yeah. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> my wife is around the house. <laughs> <laughs> MTBDH says, muck off chain loop smells like mango. Ooh, yeah. Yum. Timothy Haley, fan of the waterless muck-off wash for quick washes. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, okay, so we're talking about the muck-off and the wash. I know we're going a little long tonight. We're a little over an hour here, but how do you guys prefer to wash your bike? Because everybody I've asked, they do it in a different way. Everyone, sometimes people go after every single ride. Sometimes they wait for like a month before the color of their bike changes. What do you guys like to do? I, uh, I don't use water every time. I just, because we're in dusty areas, you can just <clears throat> take a towel and just wipe the thing down. I just make sure to wipe down the areas where the suspension is, get in those crevices to get the dirt away so that you, you don't want those going back in and out. Um, and I lube and clean my chain every single time. I don't like distant, I don't like use the, the liquid. I just make sure I go through with a towel and clean all the insides and outs and then lube it back up. If I'm going on a ride where I, it literally is coming back dirty or wet or some there's mud on it i'll use the muck off um and things like that but even if i would say probably every five to six rides six rides i'll just give it a quick soft rinse with the muck off hmm. that's my routine i try not to put water on it if i don't have to and how about the water pressure is it hard water pressure or kind of like oh, just sprinkle it on there just sprinkle the softest setting just the spritz you know that little the thing that, like, you go to the grocery store and they're spritzing down the this lettuce whip. Yeah, a little, like, just lightly spritz it. Yeah, you don't want to get the water deep into the bearings, right, or or into the crevices. That's Unless you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. I guess it also depends on what you may have ran over to on the trail. Like, so, yeah, something yeah, else you went. Like a wild animal stuck in there and you're trying to get <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scouts out how about you what, what's your routine there for bike cleansing I, I don't use the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> tony get out of that get out of that room <laughs> yeah i mean if it, if it was muddy i'll go ahead and wash it down and use i always use the same thing which is a spray on car wax to wipe it down afterwards after it's dry and ready to go i use spray on car wax for everything and if uh if I didn't actually get muddy and it's just slightly dirty, I'll just use spray on car wax and a rag and just clean it down. Oh, cool. Spray on car wax. Look at this. All these cool tips. Yep. Um, and that's kind of where the, the next question is leading to. If you had a tip for a newbie biker or somebody who's been in it for a little bit, um, what would be like your number one type of tip for riding, specifically just for, for riding? Uh. I don't know if it would be a tip. It would be more of a suggestion or a way of looking at mountain biking. I have a lot of people that I've taken out for first rides that didn't realize how, how much climbing is involved. Mm. An example, he's definitely not watching, but Henry Golding, uh, the actor I brought out, great guy, and he was really motivated, but I could tell he had no idea what he was getting himself into 
even though he was extremely fit, way more fit than me, the hills were a really big problem for him in the climbing. And I think eventually they wore him out a little bit. I almost got him back on the bandwagon to take him out on the e-bike and we're going to do that soon. But um, I, I think that's basically, a, this is an example. It's not like me bragging about talking about yeah, friends with Henry Golding over here, you know, but it's more of like, Hey, like when you bring someone out and it's new, make sure to let them know it's not going to be just going down hills the whole time. The experience is about going up too. So it's, you got to earn your descents a lot of time and it's going to be hard. Like the first time you go to the gym was hard or the first time you lift weights is hard. Like, Mountain biking isn't an easy thing, and I think that's why it's an acquired taste. You have to put enough time into it to experience what the whole, I don't know, the whole experience will be. Like, mm -hmm. the first impressions for people can be harsh. So I would say my tip would just be like, hey, go into it with your eyes open. This is what it's going to be like, but it will get easier. Well said. Yeah, that's the full gamma. H how about you, Scouts Out? What kind of tip would you give to somebody who's just starting out or just really not been on it for that long. Stay away from trails that aren't on trail parks. I would say find the nice blue trails, the green trails, and ride those that are on trail parks because you know they're probably solid and they're probably okay at their rating level. It's to me when you start going into the trails that aren't on trail parks that you start finding the crazy stuff that you kind of can't get yourself out of or you're hiking up some nasty hill to get away from it. And then you're not enjoying your experience. So I would say that, you know, use the trail forks or the apps that are available for us and, uh, and have some fun with them. That's a good, good, great tip. Great tip, trail forks, and also just getting to know what you're up for. Um, that's great news. I mean, for people that are getting into the mountain biking, getting into the sport, just having those expectations, you know, is is huge. Uh, Timothy Haley has a question. Would you ever use a ceramic coating for parts of your bike? I don't know. You, you know what that is? Mm, no, I don't I'm know. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Mark? You? I, I'm not exactly sure what that means, um, but ceramic coating for parts. You don't need to get ceramic bearings, I believe. Like there's a ceramic coating on certain bearings and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I don't know how you would coat something, you know, by yourself, like at home or whatever. Yeah. You know. Oh, maybe the frame. John W. saying maybe the frame. I know in the skateboarding world, you got those ceramic bearings that are like all of a sudden the rat bones bearings are like. Yeah. You know, they're like so expensive, yeah. Um, but they supposedly run really frictionless, yeah. They're uh, yeah. Uh, Timothy's saying it's a paint protection for auto paint, like a okay. wax. Oh. MTB Rad Dad, oh, MTB Rad Dad's in the house, it's like a wax. What's up, Adam? So, yeah, in that case, if it's like a wax, that sounds like a, I, I would give it a go. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I'll look at it, sure. yeah. Um, okay, so. Last question on the kind of like funky questions just to see how you guys take it. Um, and we were already segueing there already, but it's uh, literally it's with mountain biking. There's the uphill, there's the downhill, right? It's the balance of it. Um, which one do you guys prefer and why? The uphill or the downhill and why? Is that a trick question? Right. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Well, that's why everybody answers this so differently. Of course, downhill. That yeah. is the name of the game i mean if i could get a lift up every single time i would but i feel like uh, i like to earn my descents too so um if i'm not going to the gym the only way i'm getting that extra uh, cardio is by going up and after a while i started to appreciate it so i don't mind it i, I like the feeling sometimes of getting to the top of the climb knowing how much i'm, I'm going to be going down and how far i've come um, but I will say this, having bike parks and the lifts as an option is amazing. But if, if you're just one of a black and white question, it's always the downs for me. I, I, that's what I'm looking when I'm thinking about going on a ride. 
I'm thinking about the downs and then I get there. I'm like, Oh, I forgot about it. how far I have to go up. You know, it's <laughs> like, those are my memories when I'm from the ride. It's never like, Oh, that climb was amazing. <laughs> That's Just, so, yeah, I can understand. I know exactly what you're talking about, but the meditative part comes on both sides. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the climb brings you that meditative state, but then you're in that Zen in present mode heading downhill. And yeah. uh, it's the go fast, don't die lizard brain. <laughs> but you made me pick one. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but you, I mean, the entire ride in itself is an experience and, and what you said about being present, like a lot of my best thoughts are in the shower and I'm clients. So, um, okay. the best thinking I do, <laughs> the best so, this is a family show. <laughs> I have, I everybody in the shower. <laughs> so, okay. We're going to block those people asking questions about the shower now. So I'm going to have to turn those <laughs> off. <laughs> Scouts out. How about you uphill or downhill and why? Oh, straight up downhill. I love it, man. That's what I, that's why I mountain bike. Honestly. Um, I have a capper. Obviously it's not, you know, the best bicycle for climbing and it does pretty dang well. It does pretty dang good for climbing. Um, but in, in most cases, you know, the really, really good downhills, they require some insanely steep stuff. And sometimes I'm, I'm walking. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a downhill guy. Downhill, downhill. Yeah, downhill. Majority of the listeners or majority of the guests say downhill, but they usually have something to say about the uphill. That's yeah. either a teacher or it's a lesson learned or it's a fitness thing. Yep. Um, but it's cool how like the bike is in balance that way. You have your uphill to have your downhill. You know, you have to have your front tire to have your back tire and yep. uh, so on and so forth. But it, it's, it's very Yes, exactly. MTB Rad Dad says, I enjoy technical climbs. Yeah. Those are yeah. good too. Yeah. That makes it nice. You know, like Greer has some technical spots to it where you just like, you play the don't dab game on the yeah. way up. You make yeah. it to the top. It's like dab twice, dab three times. I win, you know? <laughs> yeah. You play uh, that Jonah. <laughs> no. Oh gosh. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, so guys, we're getting to the end of the show. Um, thank you both for being on. I really appreciate your time. It's great to see you guys having a blast up in San Santa Cruz, living the dream. The the two guys coming back from a ride and just enjoying time together. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, it's it's great to it's great to see you and Tony. Thanks for being on and Scouts out. Thanks for being on. Um, let the folks know if they want to continue to follow you. Um, where can they find you? And then Tony, also talk about Patreon as well with that follow. Sure, you can find me on Instagram or uh, on my. YouTube channel, The Outsider MTV, just Google it. And my Patreon is something that I do on the side that is uh, something that maybe is in a way for me to connect more with the community. Um, it's We do group rides there, we do early video releases, product giveaways, and uh, just have a great community that is always talking with each other and going on rides together. We've had a lot of people that have met on Patreon that are now riding together and we've become good friends. So I encourage you guys to come on over. It, it also helps me, um, you know, I do this full time now, so it's only two or $4 a month right now. So any little bit helps me put gas in the car and keeps these videos coming. So I would say that's the whole gambit right there. We, we'd love to have you. And if you come on over, we're doing our next group ride. We do one a month. So uh, we'll be doing that. And then we'll also be doing group rides, collaborating with YT soon down at the mill. So it's a great way to get access to some bikes you may not have ridden before and a lot of good stuff coming up this year. Yeah. You heard the YT crowd in the background. Woo. Yeah. For sure. That place is uh, <laughs> place is opening up. Yeah. 
That that's awesome. And and guys, uh, and everybody, senders, um, support support Tony with that Patreon. I mean, two to four bucks a month. He's the one of the guys in in the squad that is living the dream, right? He's not punching a clock. He's trying to make it work on the YouTube thing. And it'd be great to see you succeed in that realm, which is which is awesome. I I love it. I have to live vicariously through you. And and I love every time I see your videos. Um, scouts out for you. How do we follow you and congratulations on your 1000 subscribers? Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I'm just scouts out obviously on YouTube. And then I have an Instagram that scouts out YT. Uh, and that's pretty much all I, I roll right now. So yeah, uh, love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's see if we have any more here. I just realized I'll be on in a couple weeks. MTB Rad Dad says, <laughs> good, good realization. A little plug there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go, MTB Rad Dad. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys again so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you guys. Um, it's been fun talking to you guys. Where are you guys riding tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow's I ride home. I go home tomorrow, but he's going to stick around. Actually, I'm not sure. I might extend it. We'll see. But he's riding tomorrow. Where are you riding tomorrow? I don't know yet. So we'll see. I might do that. I'm pretty beat up anyway. I did a lot of riding this week in the last three days. I'm my body, my, my legs are it could use a day off. So I'm excited about the stuff that we did this week. That's yeah. cool. In the the footage that you guys are have grabbed from the Santa Cruz trip, when when would we maybe see that on YouTube? My video I'm editing uh, this week, so it'll be up Monday, the first video. Monday, Monday coming out. And yeah. if you are on Patreon, you might get it a little bit sooner. Yeah, I'll so be you'll be Saturday. to be able yeah. to get it on Saturday or or Sunday. But uh, yeah, it'll be there. So guys, check them out. Thank you again, Tony. You are awesome. Great to see you, Scouts Out. Great to see you too. Look forward to riding with you in the near future. And thanks everyone for being on the show tonight. Really always appreciate all you for being on and we'll see you all on the next episode. Thanks, See Mark. you guys. Mark. Hey there, senders. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Segment Podcast. Hope you all enjoyed that episode with Tony De Silva and Mark Vonichen. Those guys are super cool dudes, just putting out some great stuff and good vibes for our mountain bike community. Um, also, special thank you to the supporters of the show. Thank you so much to YT Industries. Thank you to Tasco, 7IDP, and thank you to Spy Optic for all the support to keep this channel afloat. I really appreciate you guys. Remember, pay all that hard work that you put into something, that passion will always pay off. And hope you guys can join me on the next episode next week when I have my special guest, Mr. Don Zabo, the legend himself. See you guys then. Yoo!